Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Tuesday, September 7th, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, the Mars Perseverance rover has secured its first rock sample with big promise for insights to come. A billionaire is working on plans to build a new sustainable city for the people somewhere in America. And you may have heard of little free libraries, but what about little free blockbusters? Here are some of the cool things from the news today. Over the weekend, it was confirmed that the Mars Perseverance rover successfully retrieved the first-ever rock sample from Mars. NASA says that this and subsequent samples will be, quote, the first set of scientifically identified and selected materials returned to our planet from another, end quote. But don't get too excited just yet. The samples won't return to Earth for quite a while. Perseverance is currently holding the sample hermetically sealed inside a sample tube, and it, along with as many as eight other samples in tubes, will be left on the surface of Mars to be collected by a future sample collection rover, which will pick those up and bring them back to Earth. And that rover, sent by NASA and the European Space Agency, is still being designed. It won't even launch for another five years and won't arrive for two more after that. All told, the agencies don't anticipate these samples returning Earthside until 2031. 2031. We've got to wait 10 years for these samples to be analyzed. It's going to feel like opening a time capsule at that point. If only they could have snuck a copy of the newspaper in there too, along with like a surgical mask and the newest Drake album or something to remind them of 2021. But anyways, this first sample is about the size of a finger and was retrieved from the Jezero Crater, the region where Perseverance has been hanging out since touching down on Mars at the start of the year. You can see a photo of the sample inside the tube on Perseverance's Twitter account, where they celebrated by tweeting, I've got it! Link in the show notes. The sample comes from a rock nicknamed Rochette, which NASA describes as being roughly briefcase-sized. Perseverance retrieved it by coring into the rock with its robotic arm and then maneuvering to put both the sample into the tube and allow its onboard camera to image the contents for mission control to verify. This sampling and caching system is, according to Larry D. James, interim director of the Jet Propulsion Lab, quote, the most complex mechanism ever sent into space, end quote. So given that, I'd say it's understandable that it took two tries to get it right. Although, in fact, despite all the headlines last month saying that Perseverance failed to collect its first sample, NASA says that the system functioned as intended. It's just that the sample they tried to collect was too powdery, reports Engadget. And quoting from National Geographic, To collect Jezero's geological bounty, Perseverance's sampling system is composed of a trio of robots that work in tandem to drill cylinders of rock, seal them in airtight tubes, and deposit them into a storage rack within the rover's belly. During Perseverance's first sample attempt, the rover targeted an interlocking mosaic of light red-brown stones that make up swaths of the crater floor, perhaps the oldest rocks the rover will find in Jezero. Hints from orbit and the rover's analyses on the ground point to a volcanic origin for these paver stones, as the team calls them. If that's the case, returning these rocks to Earth would allow scientists to precisely date them using radioactive elements, helping piece together the region's complex past. End quote. Even though it'll take a while, scientists are incredibly excited about everything we may be able to learn about Mars once the samples make it here. 
Only so much can be gleaned from Perseverance's onboard tools and cameras. Having the physical matter here on Earth in a lab with whatever strides forward NASA and the ESA are able to make over the next decade will be huge. Thomas Zerbukin, Associate Administrator for Science at NASA headquarters, said in a statement, quote, Just as the Apollo moon missions demonstrated the enduring scientific value of returning samples from other worlds for analysis here on our planet, we'll be doing the same with the samples Perseverance collects as part of our Mars sample return program. Using the most sophisticated science instruments on Earth, we expect jaw-dropping discoveries across a broad set of science areas, including exploration into the question of whether life once existed on Mars, end quote. And as Nina Lanza, a planetary scientist and team lead for the Space and Planetary Exploration at Los Alamos National Laboratory, told National Geographic, quote, we are going to be surprised. We are going to learn things that we could never have imagined. End quote. While the growing trend among billionaires du jour is launching themselves into space, Mark Laurie is a bit more grounded in his ambitions. All he wants to do is solve the United States' bloated wealth gap by creating his own utopian city. The Jet.com and Diapers.com founder and former Walmart executive, like most creators of utopian communities, has his own specific definition of that word, and specific vision of how to solve for the problems that he sees in the world. Many of his ideas hinge on those presented in the 1879 manifesto Progress and Poverty, written by economist and journalist Henry George. Quoting Bloomberg, the book's core argument is that private land ownership is to blame for rising inequality. Land in unoccupied areas is often worthless, George wrote, but gains value when people move nearby. It's society that's creating this wealth, but the benefits accrue only to whoever happened to own the land in the first place, giving them the ability to get rich without providing anything worthwhile. George argued that heavily taxing the value of land would increase both economic efficiency and social justice. His book was a 19th century blockbuster and has maintained a steady fan base ever since. His adherents argue that a land value tax could enable the elimination of most other taxes, including traditional property taxes, which assess improvements on the land in addition to the land itself." End quote. Laurie wants to create a proof of concept for something akin to George's philosophy by starting a private foundation that will purchase roughly 200,000 acres of land somewhere in the U.S., eventually housing 5 million people, although beginning with just 50,000, and using the income generated by the land to fund healthcare, education, housing, and other social services. According to CNN, the proposal for the city includes, quote, eco-friendly architecture, sustainable energy production, and a purportedly drought-resistant water system. A so-called 15-minute city design will allow residents to access their workplaces, schools, and amenities within a quarter-hour commute of their homes, end quote. The city would also ban fossil fuel-powered vehicles and aims for its inaugural residents to be racially and socioeconomically diverse, although Bloomberg notes that the overwhelmingly white and male team haven't quite figured out how to solve for that one yet. The name of the city, Telosa, was decided after Laurie surveyed his LinkedIn followers and comes from the Greek word telos, meaning a higher purpose. The location is still undecided, although Nevada may be emerging as a frontrunner on the shortlist of Utah, Idaho, Arizona, Texas, and the general Appalachian region. Quoting again from Bloomberg, 
The wealth sharing that would come from the foundation, Lori says, mimics the way employees at startups are paid partially in stock. He says he's planning the city much in the way he'd launch a business. For the past several months, Lori and a handful of colleagues have painstakingly brainstormed the new municipality's official values and developed its logo. He's hired a team that includes a transportation planner, an engineer, and an urban historian. In June, Lori commissioned Bjark Ingels, one of the world's most famous architects, to be Tolosa's chief architectural designer. Lori's foundation, which would manage public resources to provide social services, sounds a lot like a government. Lori regularly refers to the foundation as a way to provide checks and balances to his city's actual government. Its board, he says, would even be elected by city residents. But he objects to any suggestion that he's either talking about establishing a government or a private alternative to one. Instead, Laurie says, he just wants to supplement the existing system at a time when people have lost faith in public institutions. The answer is not higher taxes. That's socialism, he says. Let the land be owned by the people, but in a capitalistic sort of way. End quote. Creating new cities from scratch, Bloomberg notes, used to mostly be the practice of more authoritarian governments, but attempts are on the rise in the U.S. and Canada, especially from tech folks. Many are dreamt up so that new technology can be tested, or as some sort of libertarian desire to start from scratch rather than pay taxes— which adds up with urban thinker Alain Bertrode's categorization of these motivations as being broadly one of those two or an attempt at a more collective model of social welfare. Tolosa kind of hits on all three, although impressively more so the last category than most. Though Sarah Moser, an associate professor of geography at McGill University who tracks new cities being planned around the world, does sum up some of these motivations as kind of, quoting Bloomberg, the Silicon Valley-esque conviction that privately owned startups are the solution to every problem, end quote. And a common short-sightedness of Silicon Valley has come into play with these concepts in the past. Ben Ha, the entrepreneur behind Icon Has Cheeseburger, who was hired to run Y Combinator's attempted planned city back in 2016, summed up the lack of interest they encountered from prospective residents as, quote, No one was starving to go start a new city. What they wanted was a better city they already lived in. End quote. And Moser echoes this by calling planned cities of this ilk a distraction from solutions that could be funded and prioritized in existing towns. Still, Lori is optimistic, at least philosophically. There's still a long way to go before this becomes a reality. He can't fund the development of the city entirely on his own. Its price tag is currently looking like about $400 billion, so he'll need to secure some kind of funding. He's also a ways away from acquiring things like land and water rights, and any number of formal and informal actions will be required to take to convince local officials to allow this to happen. Still, Lori and his team are eyeing 2030 as the move-in year for their first residence, which means if all goes well, Tolosa could be a fully operating city before those samples from Mars arrive on Earth. At FanDuel Casino, we know the only thing better than a win is a free win. That's why we made Reward Machine, the daily free-to-play game that gives you a chance to win up to $2,000 in casino bonus. We've given away over $50 million in free bonuses, and we're just getting started. Every day at 6 p.m., you get three chances to spin the Reward Machine reels. There are three ways to win. One, match any three symbols for an instant win. Two, collect symbols each day for a chance to win weekly prizes. Or three, win up to $2,000 
if you collect three trophies. FanDuel has given away over $50 million to hundreds of thousands of people through Reward Machine. So what are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Casino app by going to FanDuel.com slash PA3 and start playing Reward Machine today. That's FanDuel.com slash PA3. No purchase necessary. 21 plus and present in PA. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable casino only site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. So, you know the little free library movements? Groups or individuals build wood and glass boxes about the size of a milk crate that stand at mailbox level and function as a book swap for the local community. Well, now the same concept is starting to pop up, but with movies. Physical movies, mostly VHS tapes, and all with the unofficial branding of the iconic blue and yellow Blockbuster logo. Free Blockbuster got its start at the beginning of 2019 in Los Angeles and has now grown to 69 boxes and counting across the U.S., Canada, and Australia. Most of the boxes are repurposed newspaper boxes bought used online and painted bright blue with a stenciled yellow Free Blockbuster logo, giving new life to two forms of expired media, the newspaper box and the VHS tape. You can find DVDs and sometimes even video games in the boxes, but Brian Morrison, who founded the project, says VHS tapes are the real draw. He says of VHS tapes, quote, They aren't just DVDs older cousins, they're an art form in many ways. End quote. And indeed, a lot of the folks around the world who have founded free blockbuster boxes in their communities are diehard VHS fans, including one group in Oklahoma City called VHS and Chill. While the closest free blockbuster box to me is about an hour's drive away on Long Island, I was pleasantly surprised to discover that nearby Philadelphia apparently has a thriving VHS community with six different boxes just in the city center alone. Giselle Barreto Fetterman, co-founder of the nonprofit For Good and wife of internet favorite Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, even set up her own free blockbuster box on the other side of the state outside For Good's headquarters near Pittsburgh. Quoting Thrillist earlier this year, Along with fostering a community of physical media fans, Morrison hopes that free blockbuster can reinvigorate the sense of discovery that has been lost in the algorithmic streaming era. Each photo of a free blockbuster box highlights the vast range of media it inspires. One box in Philadelphia featured the entire series of Entourage. One in Los Feliz had three copies of Babe on VHS. Another in Virginia put Eight Mile, Burn After Reading, and Zombieland together. Many locations also include bags of popcorn or movie theater candy to pair with your selection. I've seen surreal, really weird stuff in these things, Morrison says. My favorite is when people drop off movies they taped off a TV that still have the commercials in there. That makes me so happy. End quote. The Wall Street Journal notes that sometimes people even drop off VCRs in the boxes for people to take, which at least partially answers the question of where people are getting VCRs to watch all these VHS tapes. VCRs stopped being produced in 2016, and I know this very well because I bought one of the last brand new VCR DVD recorders just before production ended. But they're still readily available on eBay and other used sites, so if you want to get into or back into the VHS scene, all is not lost, although most people who are trading around old or bootleg VHS tapes never gave up the VCR to begin with. Founder Morrison was clearly one of those, and he clarified to Thrillist that he was never a diehard blockbuster fan specifically. He loved his local video store, West Coast Video, but using the blockbuster branding helps the project stand out more so than previous attempts at video swap projects from others. 
And yes, even though Blockbuster stores are almost entirely no more, Morrison has received a letter from Dish Network, who bought Blockbuster in 2011, requesting that he stop using their name and branding. Morrison responded asking if they would maybe license it to him and is waiting to hear back. Meanwhile, Morrison and the dozens of free Blockbuster Box franchisees around the world will continue promoting their passion for physical media, pushing back against algorithmic discovery, and, as Morrison describes it, quote, combating the myth of scarcity, end quote. He says further, We believe in public goods. We believe that we can share. We don't have to all hoard things. There's enough for everybody, and that's okay, end quote. If you are interested in finding a free Blockbuster box near you or starting your own, all of the information about how to do that is on freeblockbuster.org. So if you live near Ashland, Massachusetts, don't have dental insurance, and are confident in your Super Smash Bros. abilities, you may be able to get a free cleaning. Dr. Tejay Shah is currently running a promotion at his practice, Zen Family Dental, in which anyone who beats him in a one-on-one game of Smash Bros. will get a free dental cleaning. In a video announcing the offer, Dr. Shah also adds that if you lose, you have to tell the whole world you lost to a dentist. I'm really curious how many people will actually be able to beat him. You know, I feel like he must be pretty good if he's running this promotion. Hopefully some folks will follow up online if they gave it a shot. But anyways, that is it from me for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotke.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.